Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You have to know how to get away sometimes and get some alone time. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about making yourself the number one person within your life. There's a danger to that. There's an absolute danger to that. And it's dangerous for them, but it's not just dangerous for these guys. And it's not just dangerous for us when we make ourselves number one within our lives. It is dangerous for people around us. And that's what nobody, nobody will tell you that. For some people, all they can do is think of others to a fault. Have you met someone like that? All they do is provide for the people around them and never take care of themselves. Or maybe you've been that person before. And in today's message, Pastor James will warn you of the extremes of living your life for others. While the Bible does encourage believers in Christ to think of others first, the Bible doesn't say that Christians shouldn't care for themselves. God wants the best for you. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. proven that the more time we spend on ourselves and focusing in on ourselves and promoting ourselves, the more unhappy we are. It's time to flip the script on that and say, okay, let's promote Jesus. That's going to cost you something because in the last days, times, there will be times of difficulty. But these individuals, they will be lovers of themselves. They will be lovers of money. Covetous is the other word there. Lovers of money. Proud. Of course they are. Arrogant, absolutely. Abusive. Abusive, what does that mean? That they're physically assaulting people? No. No. The other, the other way to uh, translate that word is speaking evil. Speaking evil. In the last days, times will be difficult, and there will be individuals who function on these levels, these, these will be the fruits that they are producing within their lives. You will be able to tell them because you can tell a good tree from a bad tree because trees produce fruit. And if it's a bad tree, it's going to produce bad fruit. And, and Paul's saying to Timothy, listen, they're going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They're going to be proud. They're going to be arrogant. They're going to be abusive. Or out of their mouth will be a continual flow of evil. Speaking evil, because from the heart, right, or from the mouth flows the abundance of the heart. So be careful with what you're taking in, because if you're packed down with garbage, that garbage will work its way out, and it rarely will affect you. It will always affect other people. I know that when I'm just like, usually if you go back to the very first one, the lovers of self... Man, when I'm so focused in on myself, usually the things that come out of my mouth are harmful to other people. That's just how it works. So be cautious, be careful, but also be aware that there will be individuals, and I mean, it's just from their mouth, this, this, this speaking evil, and what, what all does that mean? I know we're kind of conjuring up within our brains like different ideas of what that means and I'm just saying that the speech that they, that, they, that they share with other people 
it's not edifying. It doesn't build up. It tears down. It tears down. It's abusive. They're going to be uh, disobedient to their parents, meaning, essentially, there's just no honor. There's no respect. And, and especially towards their parents, um, just, there's no care. There's no care. This is how they function. Now, you'll note that through this list and some of the other things that we go through, I mean, you can kind of see like different, you know, Ten Commandments kind of popping out, right? Honor your mother and your father. Well, these guys are doing the opposite of that. They're dishonoring mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever it may have been. They're completely um, just rebellious towards whatever mom and dad have to say. This will be in the last days, and we're like, man, I got, I got four kids in my house. Like, is this, is this them now? Like, is this my, because there's some days where it feels like this is applied, applied to my kids. No, that's like normal teenage stuff. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about those types of things. So don't like bring your kid in for some sort of like counseling session because they're disobedient to you. They're probably a normal kid, all right? Like, we all were there once. I know that. This is the, an attitude and again, remember, we're talking about leaders. This is an attitude. This is a heart condition within grown people who have absolutely no care for foundations that were laid for them, for foundations for, that, for poor mom, poor dad, poor whoever. And as we know, contextually from this letter, Paul started out telling Timothy, like, your mom and your grandma... They taught you the word. They pointed you to Jesus. Timothy, you know. You know how. You know the value of that. You know the value of living that out. These individuals could care less. But this is how, this is just how they're, they're I mean, this is, this is just a, their state. And look at it. Lovers of self. I mean, you can see it. It's just one thing on top of the other. Of course, they're going to be disobedient to their parents. Of course, they're not going to care. Of course, there's not going to be any honor. They don't care about that stuff. They're going to be ungrateful, right? It's a thankless society. They're leaders who, they, they will never say thank you. They will never appreciate you. So if you get caught up in some of these guys and maybe you align yourself with some of these individuals, you need to be aware of the fact that you will never be appreciated. You will never be appreciated. They're ungrateful. They're unholy. They're unholy. That's a, an interesting word because we know that the term holiness technically means set apart for a specific use. And, and it really speaks more so to serving the Lord. You are set apart for the service of the Lord, for a specific use, to be used by Him. Well, would the opposite be true of unholy? Maybe you're still set apart, but maybe you're set apart from the Lord for a specific use. It really would have a connotation of just worldliness. Worldliness. You're not really distinct from the world. See, a holy person would be distinct from the world because you have been set apart. There's a difference between you. There's, it has to be a difference between you, if you're saved, than individuals who are not saved in the way that you live and the choices that you make and all that. An unholy person would be distinct from saved people in the sense that they look and act and function like everybody else in the world. 
So this unholy, this reversal and the distinction there, Paul is talking to Timothy about religious leaders saying they're unholy. They are distinct from you. They look different from you. They look like the world. It goes on, verse 3. The list goes on. There's like 18 of these things. Um, They're heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Heartless. They They don't care about anybody else. Lacking compassion. Lacking compassion. They, they don't care about anybody else. This is that mentality of like, I, people are only good to me as far as like they can help me to get up that ladder, so to speak. I mean, if individuals are nothing but just a, a rung on the ladder just to help me to promote myself and to get up there as high as I can. So lacking compassion, they're unappeasable. They cannot be satisfied. They cannot be satisfied. No matter what they do, and no matter how much money they do have, even though they're totally covetous and, and lovers of money and proud and arrogant and lovers of themselves, it's never enough. It, it'll never be enough. Never satisfied. Unappeasable. Slanderous. Concerning those who are truly following the Lord. Concerning those who are truly representing the Lord, this would be applicable to Timothy himself. And Paul's giving them the heads up. of like, listen. People will speak what? They'll speak against you. They'll speak about you. They were doing it to Paul. They were doing it to him, his whole ministry. And there's, I mean, my goodness, if you you know Paul's story, I mean, that guy was absolutely sold out for the Lord, just in love with the Lord. I mean, he, he almost lost his life on several occasions because of the gospel, and while all that was going on, there were, there were leaders, quote-unquote, within the church saying, he's a fake, he's a phony, he don't really believe what he's telling you. In fact, what he's telling you is a lie. It's, it's all about Paul. It's all about him so he can get more money from you. Those are the lies that they were telling about the Apostle Paul. And you read the New Testament, and you're like, where, where do you see that at? The guy was still building tents although he didn't have to. Read the last chapter of the book of Acts. Paul is housed in a place at the last, when, you know, in all after, you know, the very last, you mean, kind of probably leaned up to this dungeon time, but he was housed in a place out of his own expense. Paul was never trying to get anything from the church. He was pouring himself out continually for the church. But when you do that, you need to understand that there will be some, they hate that, and they will say whatever they can say about you. They will, they will, they will spread it. I mean, they will, I mean, whatever they got to do to kind of bring you down so that they can promote themselves, that's what they're going to do. They're slanderous. They're without self-control. Of course, they cannot control themselves. We see that. I mean, all throughout this list, there, there's just no self-control. There's no desire for self-control either. These are individuals who are kind of like a ship, you know, with no rudder. I mean, there's just, they just want to go to and fro wherever, wherever the wind blows and all that good stuff. They don't want control of themselves, so to speak. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control would be that of like denying sometimes these fleshly urges and pursuing more spiritual things. 
These individuals have no care or concern for that at all. They're looking to fill themselves with whatever they can, money, power, all that stuff. And and they make decisions based on how they feel. I feel like doing this, so I'm going to do this. Well, is it right? Is it not? Who cares? What does the Bible have to say about that? I don't care what the Bible has to say about that. That's how I feel. I want to do it, so I'm going to do it. That's how they function. Religious leaders. Religious leaders. They're brutal. Brutal. I mean, you go back to that term heartless. I mean, it's all connected. It's all connected. They're they're just absolutely brutal in how they they function. Um, These are the wolves that are preying on the sheep. The wolves that are preying on the sheep. Not loving good. In fact, they would hate all things that would be good, and and good in the sense of uh, would be more connected to godly, okay? So it's not like, oh, this is a really good lunch, and they're like, well, I hate it because it's good, right? They're not like those kind of people, right? They're not, it's not like that. Um, If it's about, if it's about Jesus, and if it's about, you know, it's about him, if it's about his word and, and the gospel, no, they don't want anything to do with it. They don't want anything to do with it. Not loving good. Uh, verse 4, they're treacherous. They're reckless. Swollen with conceit. They're puffed up. <laughs> they are so about themselves. It's a wonder that they can walk in and out of doorways, that, you know, with their head being so gigantic, right? As they're just puffed up about themselves. And like, man, nobody loves these guys more than themselves, right? I mean, they're just all about them. And they want to make sure that you know how awesome they are and how great they are and the great things that they have done for you and for the world and for all of humanity and all the stuff. And yeah, they are all about themselves. They are swollen with conceit. It's like they got stung by that bee and the whole body just went, right? That bee, that little bug of pride stung them and they just, boom. They're all about them, all about themselves. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Again, it, it's them. It's them. It's them. They, they would buy into the, the philosophy of take care of you. They are. They are. And this is what you get. When you make yourself numero uno, we're all in danger of falling on this list. Doesn't mean you shouldn't take care of yourself. Be smart. Take care of yourself. You need to know how to rest. You need to know how to reset. You need to know how to take breaks. You need to know how to invest in your relationship with the Lord. You have to know how to do those things. You have to know how to get away sometimes and get some alone time. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about making yourself the number one person within your life. There's a danger to that. There's an absolute danger to that. And it's dangerous for them, but it's not just dangerous for these guys. And it's not just dangerous for us when we make ourselves number one within our lives. It is dangerous for people around us. And that's what nobody, nobody will tell you that. Nobody will tell you that. You do you. Take care of yourself. Do all the stuff. Like, I get maybe what they're trying to say, but nobody wants to come out and say, like, listen, if you are so self-focused, You are hurting people around you. You are hurting people around you. The extreme example, something that my family and I, I mean, 
we're like living in this thing right now with fostering and adopt. Those people, a lot of people are absolutely focused on themselves, taking care of their needs, taking care of number one. Well, that becomes a problem when you're so caught up in taking care of yourself and maybe your bodily urges that you are neglecting your kids that need you to pay attention to them. Well, that doesn't really... No, it absolutely applies. It absolutely applies. You overlap with some of these individuals. And, and, and maybe it's drugs. Why are you taking the drugs? Why? Because I'm trying to take care of me. Because this thing will numb the pain that I have inside of me or it'll cause me to forget of this and that and all the stuff that's going on. Yeah, but when you do that, what's happening to your kids? They're suffering. They're suffering. What's happening to the world around you? You're of no value anymore, so to speak, to those who are around you because you're taking care of number one. There's a danger behind that philosophy. You should take care of yourself. You should absolutely take care of yourself. But we got to make sure that we're keeping priorities kind of straight here. Like the Lord's got to be number one. He's got to be number one. These guys, man, they love pleasure. They love just being about themselves and, and just like no filter. Like no, like there's no like God filter in their lives. Like, should I do this? Ah, it doesn't matter, right? Like they're, they're just completely hedonistic in that sense of like, just like feels good, just do it. Well, should I check with God on this? Nah, nah, nah. That's old school, right? It's like, no, 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 no. Listen, God is a wonderful God. He actually wants his children to experience and enjoy pleasure. See, some, some places would, would like, well, they don't even, we're not even going to talk about that. Like, within a, no, you should experience pleasure in this world. You should. Absolutely. God has created you like that. He has created you like that. Within the marriage, marriage relationship, Pleasure should be a part of that thing. Absolutely. Within life, pleasure should be a part of your life. But it should not be what all of your life is about. These individuals are making pleasure their pursuit. You'll never be satisfied. They certainly were never satisfied. Verse 5, having the appearance, here's the kicker, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. They look the part, they sound like the, you know, they sound like they're, they're about the Lord, like they have an appearance of godliness. But if you got to see inside their heart, the things that you would see would be selfishness, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Um, would, you, would you be okay if those were the things that my life was about? No, you wouldn't. You can say no, that you would not, and it's okay. I would hope you would say no. Right? You're like, he's a really good speaker. I'm not saying that with myself, but like, like oh, we can tolerate those things. Worship's really good. The message is always really good. No, you avoid such people. 
You avoid such people. Paul's pretty clear on that. He's like, hey, Timothy, um, you're going to be encountering individuals like this when you do ministry. When you do ministry, they're going to have the appearance of godliness. And this isn't always just like people who stand in a pulpit and all this stuff. This could be uh, applying to individuals who are running like nonprofits and, you know, other ministry type things that are out there where it's like, well, it seems like they're doing good things. Well, are they? And maybe they are doing good things, but are they a good person? Is that somebody that's worth following? No, no, they're not worth following. This is something that needs to be on our radar today. Because I don't know about you guys, I got time during the week where, you know, whether I'm pushing around a lawnmower or holding a paintbrush for eight hours straight or whatever it is, my earbuds are in and I'm listening to podcasts. And a lot of times I, I will listen to other pastors. I've listened to anybody and everybody. And there's guys I come across where I'm like, I don't, I think I'm going to avoid this person. I think I'm going to avoid this person. Because there's no, there's no depth. There's no value. If I'm examining a tree, inspecting a tree for fruit, I mean, this thing's like, I crave fruit. This thing's putting out like Twinkies. And Twinkies are awesome sometimes. Like, yeah, what? But there's like no value in those things. There's nothing, nothing nutritional that I can gain from that. So I think I'll, I think I'll just remove them from my playlist. No offense to them. Maybe they're brother. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But I know that in these days, I got to be smart. Got to be cautious. You got to be aware. Who are you? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Who are you positioning yourself under that you're going to allow them to speak directly into your life? You better know what that person's about. You need to know what that person's about. Now there may be some issues that you don't agree with hundred percent. It's fine. It's fine, right? I'm talking about open-handed issues because there are some guys out there that I don't agree with 100% on all issues. The open-handed ones, like, you know, you name it. I mean, there's a ton of the issues that are out there right now. Now, you got these things that we call these closed-fisted issues. Is Jesus the Son of God? Okay, we're not moving on that thing. Yes, he is, okay? Did he really die and raise again from the grave physically? Yeah, that's a closed-fisted issue. We're not budging from that thing. Is he going to come back? Yes. When's he going to come back? I don't know. Open-handed issue. Pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, I don't know. I kind of think it's pre-trib. Most of my Calvary buddies think it's pre-trib. We could all be wrong. And you know what? You know who's going to know? Nobody, right? Because you're going to be like, what? what happened? Was it supposed to happen now? I don't know. When it happens is when it's supposed to happen. Just be okay with that. Open-handed issue. Open-handed issue. I'm not going to stop following guys or stop listening guys just because they differ with me on that thing. Now, if somebody says, you know, sin is not an issue. We don't need to preach about sin anymore. I'm like, woo! Oh, hold on now. Sin is an issue. All people are born sinners. Close-handed issue. Hopeless, hopeless, 
We're so glad that you tuned in today to learn from God's Word on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has shared much from 2 Timothy, and there are good things that you can take with you, even all these years after the book was written. If you'd like to explore more teachings from this study or other books of the Bible, you can do so at our website, breadforthebroken.com. We would also love to meet you, so if you're in the Galveston area, come join us this Sunday for worship. Calvary Galveston meets at 10 a.m. for a time of praising the Lord. Please come just as you are. We want to meet you. For directions to our church and more information, visit breadforthebroken.com. And if you're not able to come in person, that's okay. We're streaming our weekly services on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Galveston. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask for your partnership in this ministry. We're grateful to have you as a listener, and we'd love to have this ministry covered in your prayers. We ask that more people would listen and genuinely hear the truth about Jesus. Pray for lives to be changed. Also pray that all of those involved in Bread for the Broken would have open hearts to hearing where God would lead. And if you feel led, we're also grateful for financial support. Visit breadforthebroken.com and go to the About tab to learn more or to connect with us if you have any questions. Our time with you has come to an end today, but join us again next time here on Bread for the Broken.